Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Welcome to Salt Lake Jake's Take. I am Salt Lake Jake. Fellas, people, everybody listening, we are 24 hours away from Utah football. We kick off tomorrow. I am here with my guys, Pete and Brennan. What's up, fellas? Jake, I can't sleep. I cannot sleep right now. I cannot sleep. I I cannot believe tomorrow is uh, is the football game like off season. You just think about it all winter, spring, summer. You put in your you, you know, visualize your mind how it's going to happen. And now we're one day away. We are one day away. I'm so freaking pumped. So we thought what we do is get together one last time before the season officially kicks off and we go through and break down each position group, what we think are strengths and weaknesses and just talk about it to get us through this next day. So tomorrow we can wake up, throw on our game day gear and let's go. Yeah, Jake, I mean, fans like me who just I don't dig into the weeds enough. I want to ask people like that that are following it closely, closely to tell me what's going on. And I want to know, first and foremost, let's start with offense. Forget the quarterback thing. Get me offensive line. Get me wide receivers. Get me running back room. Get me tight ends. Tell me about it. So I guess we'll just start with the big boys up front, right? Our offensive line. Phil Steele has ranked us another top 10 offensive line. We have three starters back. Uh, Keaton Bills will be playing one guard. Mocha Fisi will be playing another guard. And Satoa Laumea will be playing the right tackle. Um, at the starter at center is Johnny Maya, who's been around for a few years. And the big, not shocker, but surprise, those that are paying attention, those that follow his recruitment know it's not a shocker. But the big, I guess, surprise is coming out of fall camp, our starting left tackle will be true freshman Spencer Fano from Provo, from Timpview High School. He was a four-star recruit that had offers from anybody that mattered, Bama, Oregon, SC, whatever. He was highly recruited, one of our highest recruits of all time. And you love to see that because a lot of times you get these highly ranked guys in, and then for some reason it takes them a couple years before they start, and like, oh, this guy's kind of kind of a flop. But no, right out the gates, Spencer Fano is our starting left tackle. Was Which, it because he was that much better, or what? Like, what do you? Or were we thin there? Yeah, I'm. I, I've heard he did. He was awesome in camp. We're not thin, man. We've got some dudes. I mean, Satoa Laumea could have been the left tackle. We have Jaron Kump backing up a guard. He could have been a starter. We have um, uh, Falcon. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. I just call him Falcon. He was the guy that was going for a starting role. No, this true freshman came in and earned the spot as a starting left tackle. That happens rarely, especially on the line. I mean, I don't want to say it because you hate putting this kind of expectations on people, but the last true freshman I remember that started a left tackle in the Pac-12 era, there's obviously more, but the last one I remember was Penny Sewell, wow. right, at Oregon. Yeah. He came yeah. in, started a left tackle. He was about rated about the same as Spencer Fano coming out of high school, and now he's there with the Detroit Lions and was an all-world offensive lineman. So here's the thing that's great is Spencer Fano, People basically penciled him in as a BYU commit during his recruitment, right? Because his brother, Logan, was at BYU. Family's BYU guys. Tim Fuse a stone's throw from the Velarde Stadium. No. Witt went in. Harding went in. Stole him back. Got to commit to come to the U. And not only did we get hit Spencer, but when he committed, his brother, Logan, transferred away from BYU because they suck, um, but also because they suck and because it's BYU. <laughs> but he transferred away from BYU. And How do you really feel? They suck. And and the rumor is that he may be a starter at the at the defensive end. Like he's awesome yeah. too. 
He's at the least, same thing. He's on the two deep, and he's at least going to get a lot of playing time. But rumors, he's looked awesome in camp. So both Fonos, who BYU fans penciled in as Cougars, are up with the U, and they're making waves, baby. So I'm really excited about the offensive line. Jim Harding's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. He was super, super close to going to Nor- uh, Notre Dame with uh, Ludwig last year. Luckily, that fell through because, I mean, he he can recruit and develop talent, man. He's, he's, he's landing now. Not only did he develop guys like Isaac Asiata and Sam Tevy and these guys to make it to the NFL, uh, and obviously Garrett Bowles, but he was a highly ranked guy, but now we're landing the big prototypical awesome tackles. Spencer Fano, Caleb Lomu, who is another four-star tackle. We got to come in from Isaiah Garcia, who is the top player in the state, another four-star guy from Corner Canyon. So he's not only developing guys, he's getting dudes. Jim Harding, awesome coach. So our offensive line, I like to compare it to this. I have a, a, a joke with some friends. It takes the offensive line a while to kind of meld together, so we call it a stew. The stew's got to simmer. The stew's got to come together, and I think the stew's been simmering all summer, baby, and this offensive line is going to be ready to dominate the line of scrimmage, so I'm really excited yeah. about our well, line. What's interesting is Harding said the same thing, I think, last week, where he said that he's really, he gets nervous for the first play of the, of, the game, of the year because he doesn't know how the offensive line's really going to look until they're up against you know, an actual opponent. So... Um, mm. I think it's a very, very interesting uh, position group in that way that it, you, you really just need to have the right people in the right spot and hopefully they work together and, yep. you know, yeah, what about our speed, crossed, right? What about our speed? Speed on offense? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go to the wide receiver group. Oh, yep. We, uh, last year, our wide receivers were basically Devon Villay, Money Parks, um, some other guys. <laughs> I can't think of the other guys off the top of my head that really did anything. Um, Dixon had, was on that team. Oh, Dixon. you had Solomon Ennis, who was good for one catch a game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You had some other guys. We upgraded that room tremendously. You got Valet back. You got Money Parks back, uh, who are both. Money Parks is a speedster, as we saw against USC, taking that touchdown to the house across the, uh, the the crossing route. So you got both those guys back. who will be a year older and you're better. But then we got transfer Micah Pittman from Florida State, who started out at Oregon, had a great freshman year, transferred to Florida State. This last year at Florida State, last year he was their second leading receiver uh, at Florida State. He's coming in. He's known Cam since Little League Bowl, so he came to play with Cam. I'm hearing that he's going to be our best receiver we've had in a decade. So he'll probably be our number one guy. Then you got Devon Vele, who's big and kind of a possession guy on the outside. And then you've got Speedster Money Parks. You've got a transfer from Indiana, Emory Simmons. You've got the USC transfer, Munir McLean, who transferred as a receiver, but then spent last year as a tight end. He's back at receiver. Um, and you got freshman Mikey Matthews. Those are the six receivers on the two deep. Mikey Matthews is a speedster from California, smaller guy. But in the camp circuit, he was like blowing up five-star cornerbacks. Like mm. Cormani McLean, the five-star number one recruit in the country, he went, he went one-on-one in a couple camps. And Mikey Matthews owned him on several routes. So he's going to be a beast. He's going to be a good kid. So we've got we've got some speed. We've got some new guys. We've got a mix of transfers. I really, really like the wide receiver room this year. It's probably the best wide receiver room we've had in the Pac-12. Um, yeah. and, and, and Micah Pittman's probably our best receiver since Carrington, who was awesome, but he got injured. Yeah. And then before that, probably David Reed. Um, true wide receiver. You look at Covey in the slot. Covey was awesome, obviously, but true prototypical wide receiver. Pittman's going to be a bowler. Awesome. So what's the identity? I feel like last year the identity was the three tight end, three tight end set. What is the identity of this team? You know, I think we still, as long as Keithy is healthy, I think we still rely on tight ends quite a bit. 
But I, I think we incorporate the wide receivers more. They're able to, you know, more talent, more speed, hopefully get open. Gosh, dang it. I, I hate having this bring this up every time. But if Cam is healthy, I mean, we, we were a top 11 scoring offense last year. People yeah. think Utah football, they typically think great defense and mediocre offense. That's not the case anymore. Ever since Cam took over in 21 and 22, we've been a top 15 offense and one of the top two or three in the Pac-12, right? So yeah. if Cam's healthy with the additions of wide receiver, with our offensive line, the the, the stew, and with hopefully um, tight ends being, you know, Keithy being healthy, I think we're going to have a really good passing attack, which leaves us with our running backs, right? Our running back room on the offense. I think it's one of the best running back rooms we've ever had. I know this is really like fan like red rose glasses but jaquindon jackson looked awesome the last half of last year court he was a quarterback transfer as we know from texas they moved him over to running back due to injuries and the last four or five games he looked like a all pac-12 running back in that pac-12 title game he looked unstoppable he's big he's bruising and he's got speed he's got it all man and yeah. you give him a whole off season of studying running back play with the running back coach the playbook, blocking schemes. This dude's going to have a breakout year. He's going, in my opinion, he's going to be an all-conference running back at the end of the year. Exactly. Is he like Zach Moss level, or like what's he? What I mean, I what, yeah. How do you co- who do you compare him to in the NFL? Oh man, I, I don't know if I have a, com- a comp- or just like the U the U running back like- because because Zach Moss was was a little stockier yeah. than Jaquin Jackson, mm-hmm. but he was huge. He was ripped, yoked, and and Jackson's got kind of the same like thickness build. But he's a little taller, and I think he might be a little faster than Moss. So seems a little shiftier too. Like yeah, Moss yeah. is more of like From a, I can a tell, north south runner. I mean, right? I don't know who to compare him to. Maybe a U running back of all time, like I don't know, maybe like Mike Anderson. But that's I mean, that's high praise. He was an AFC Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't know who to compare him to. All I know is he's a beast. He's his own man, and he's awesome. Um, the rest of the room is Chris Curry. What whatever what happened to him? He got injured last year against, I want to say, Southern Utah or early in the season. He was yeah. looking pretty good. He's he looked back. promising. Yeah, he's he's back. He's the LSU transfer. I, I understand he's still a little hobbled, but dude, oh. we've got Jaquin and Jackson. We've got Micah Bernard, who's more of a more of a like out of the backfield catches kind of slot receiverish kind of back. Um, but he makes plays, man. I mean, he he, he still makes plays. We've got Jalen Glover, who was really hyped coming out of high school, and he's built. A lot like Zach Moss, short yeah. and stocky, got a little bit of speed. You have those three guys, but then also we have a, a cavalcade of recruits that have come in: Dejon Stanley, um, um, far, uh, uh, gosh dang it, the other guy's name just slipped my mind. Well, so who's in the backfield on fourth and two? I think it's I think it's going to be Jaquindon. I Is think he's an all-purpose back man. Okay, I think he's I think he's your right. bell cow, as Whit said on in this last week. He's like your guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts on offense before we go to defense? Uh, one last thought. I think the biggest thing we're overlooking, which is huge, huge, huge in college football, is we have the same offensive coordinator back for the fourth straight year, and he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. So good, in fact, that the ultimate blue blood of blue bloods, Notre Dame, um, wanted him. They wanted him. Desperately tried to get him there, flew him out there, and it was, looked like he was all but gone. And then they made a second effort to get him, and he rebuffed it both times. So he's Ludwig's not. So you bring him back with with these dudes back. I think uh, I think that's going to be a good year for the offense. Why do you think he decided to stay, Cam? Well, without knowing the obvious inside details, I think really he's just 
comfortable with what he's got. He knows how Wit runs things. He knows yeah. the talent that we have back. He's comfortable with what we've got. He's making great money. I'm sure he leveraged it into a big raise. Um, it's just sometimes it's just, you know, dance with the girl that got you there, right? As Rick Majerus yeah. used to said, used to say, <laughs> right? Or or the old, or the other old saying, a bird in the hands or two in the bush. Perhaps the glitz and glamour of Notre Dame seemed appealing, but as he got out there, he realized it was a little shakier than he thought maybe, and he knew what he had at Utah, so he decided to to stick around. That's my guess. We're a great place to raise a family. Okay, let's go defense. Yes, sir. This is, this is our best defense ever, according to Kyle Whittingham, and I feel like he says that a lot in the summer because it's like you got to talk your team up. You need that early preseason ranking, all that stuff. Yeah. Is this the best defense? <laughs> that's that's a tall. It is because, I mean, it is a tall thing, and I don't think it is our best defense ever. I think it's a little bit of exaggeration. You look at that 2019 Utah defense, 10 of the 11 starters played in the NFL. Most of them are still yeah. there. You can go down that whole line from Robert and I, Mika Tafua, John Penasini, uh, Lecky Fotu, um, Cody Barton, Chase Hansen, Jalen Johnson, Marquise Blair, yeah. the whole group, Solid. they all played in the NFL. Not only are they in the NFL, but they finished that year as the number two overall ranked defense in the country, just behind Ohio State, who was number one. So I don't think it's going to be uh, as good as that defense. It could be really good, and I'm not knocking that. But to say it's better than 2019, I don't think so. That team was loaded with stars. That team was loaded with veterans. And that team was loaded with NFL guys all up and down the board. Julian Black. I mean, 10 of the 11 yeah. guys. Javelin Gidry. Everybody. Yeah. 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 So that okay. that's my guess. The number one defense is still 2019. However, all we need is a top 10, 15 defense. And I think this defense can be that. Um, if you look at the position groups that start the defensive line, um, there's been some injuries apparently at the D line at the D tackle were a little light. You've got Junior Tafuna who uh, was voted All First Team Pac-12 Conference this year, and there's been some ro- some publications that have him as a First Team All American. So you got Tafuna anchoring the line. You've also got Samota Peppa on there, even though he's listed as the two deep. He really came on last year uh, and and wreaked havoc in that Pac-12 title game. Had a sack and a couple other hurries. Uh, you've also got Keanu Tanavasa, who's a freshman who's making an impact. So those are the tackles on the DNs. This is what I'm really anxious to see if they've taken the next step because there's a ton of talent there. You got Van Fillinger, who was super highly recruited coming out of high school, hyped four star guy, was initially, I believe, committed to Texas, but changed it and, and decided to come to Utah. He hasn't particularly been a star yet, but last year it felt like he had kind of turned the corner before his injury. He got injured with six game, five games left, I believe. And at the time he was like second or third in the Pac-12 in sacks. Like he was on his way. So I think he's going to have a breakout year, hopefully on one end. Then you've got uh, Connor O'Toole who finished the year strong. You've got Jonah Ellis who was, you know, wasn't much of a, a hyped recruit, but he's the son of the great Luther Ellis. And he looked awesome at a, had a sack, I believe in the Pac-12 title game. And then you've also got um, the transfer Logan Fano, who from BYU people are saying is is really going to have a good year. So mm-hmm. I think the D line has the talent. We just need to see them put it together and produce, which they they have been decent, but they haven't been great yet. But I think this is the year they take the step and become great. Are you worried about the corners? Worried about? I'm sorry. Worried about what? The cornerbacks. Corner cornerbacks. No, I mean not. we got to replace Clark Phillips, right? And you and do. He's getting that, high praise in in the NFL right now. Yep, yeah. he's probably gonna. He may start for Atlanta, fourth round draft pick, and that's the thing. 
The problem with what happened with Clark Phillips is he's so small, it made his draft stock fall, which is so stupid. I heard he it's because really, he sat out of the Rose Bowl game. Like he got dinged for uh, that. No, superstars sit out roll, big games all the time. The problem is he's 5'11, maybe 5'10, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not the prototypical size. But you look at the film, the dude was a ball hawk last year. Six, I believe, interceptions. He had four or five pick sixes in his career. And so, yes. We don't have a superstar at the corner like Clark Phillips, but we do have is we have size and length there, and we have good talent there. It's going to be a really good group minus a superstar. So you've got Zamaya Vaughn, who's over six feet tall, and he's long, returning starter. You've got JT Broughton, who's, who's about six feet, returning starter. You've got the LSU transfer, Miles Battle, who's long and over six feet, 6'2". So these dudes all look the prototypical cornerback part, right? Um and then at the nickel, you got two, or excuse me, yeah, the nickel, you got two freshmen who are on the two deep. You've got Teo Johnson from Idaho. He was, a, he was a quarterback in high school in Idaho, and they moved him to corner. And apparently, he's like a super stud athlete there. He's the starter. And backing him up is true freshman Smith Snowden, who was a four star recruit, highly recruited kid from uh, Utah County, whose dad was a B, former BYU player. Everyone kind of pounced them in at BYU. And he said, boom, no, I'm going to a real university where they really play cornerback defense, right? And so <laughs> these guys... I want to go to the NFL. These guys are talented, man. We've got a ton of talent there, just kind of light on experience, right? Other than Zamaya Vaughn and Broughton. So I think our cornerback room, while they don't have the Jalen Johnson or the Clark Phillips superstar, they've got a lot of dudes that look the part, are athletic, and good enough to where it's going to be as a unit maybe not as spectacular as 2019's or even last year's, but very, very good and close in my opinion. Okay. Let's get to special teams. Brennan knows. I hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Sorry. We haven't talked to linebackers or safety. Oh, my bad. We've got linebackers. Whoa, whoa. I missed the best for last. Yeah. Linebacker. I'm hearing is our best linebacker group we've ever had. Lander Barton. We all know about his recruitment, super stud, a top 10 recruit of all time we've ever had, recruited by everybody. He's going to have a spectacular year. He had a decent year last year as a true freshman, but I think this year is when he takes a big step forward. He's going to be a superstar, all Pac-12 type of linebacker. You've got Stanford's starting linebacker team captain transfer to Utah, Lavani Damuni, and then you've got Karene Reed, who's just a solid you know, workhorse type of, type of linebacker. Yeah. And behind him... You've got uh, some young fresh young guys. Justin Medlock is highly recruited. Owen Chambliss. There's some guys. So linebacker is going to be is going to be good. We're going to have a great linebacker unit. And then safeties, we've got maybe the best duo in the conference with Cole Bishop and Sione Vaki, who are mm. both hitters. Neither of them are those prototypical rangy free Va- safeties. Vaki is awesome though. He- yeah. <clears throat> Neither of them are those like prototypical Marcus Williams or Robert Johnson lengthy type of free safeties, but they're both like intelligent and smart. And Bishop's going to be one of the best safeties in the country. So we got two lockdown guys there. And then behind them, we got Nate Ritchie, who started as a freshman in 2020 before his mission. And then um, Jonathan Hall, who's a true freshman from Texas, who Witt has been talking about big time. He'll be a star for us in the future. I can promise you that. Mark my words. Two years from now, we'll be talking about Jonathan Hall going to the NFL as an all-conference safety. Anyway, defense is loaded, guys. Not only do we have stars all across the field, we've got deep bench of stars, of dudes like Nate Ritchie, who's on the two, who's on a backup when he's a starter two years ago. Like, we're going to have an awesome defense. So I'm not worried about our defense in the least. Love it. How do you beat Utah, then? 
I think you're going to have to be like like uh, how USC tried last year, scoring 40, 50 points, right? Gotcha. You've yeah. got to hope Utah can't keep up in a track meet, which, again, if we don't have rising, we may not be able to keep up in a track meet. But that's the only way you beat Utah is with a track meet. Now, the problem is this conference is full of quarterbacks that are studs. Yeah. You got the returning Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. You got Michael Penix at Washington, who threw for 4,000 yards last year, Jeez. who's probably going to be an NFL first round pick. You got Bo Nix, who is going to be a top 10 quarterback. You got DJ Oangalele, the transfer from Clemson, who is up at Oregon State. You've got uh, Deion Sanders' son, who apparently, I mean, he hasn't done anything yet, but he, apparently he's he's good. You got Jaden DeLora at Arizona, who's a solid, really good college quarterback. You've got Cam. Ward at Wazoo, who's a solid, really good college quarterback. I mean, I just went up and down the board of the entire league. I mean, even at Arizona State, they're starting a four-star, highly recruited freshman, Jaden Rashada, I believe his name is. The conference is loaded with quarterbacks. So if you want to beat Utah, you've got to win a track meet. Hmm. Okay, time for specialties, my favorite thing. And I talk about this all the time with Brennan about how much I care about kickers, how much I care about punters. I'm not a kicker. I'm not a punter. I just think this is your sandwich. If you can, if you can nail this position, we, you, you're dominant. And I feel like we've fallen off the last few years. Maybe it's the Jay Hill thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just, you, you're not going to get an NFL kicker every time in Andy Phillips. Tell me some good things. Tell me what to expect. Okay. Good news is this. And it's been frustrating as hell for me the last couple of years with kickoffs. It's like, just kick it out of the end zone. Oh, totally. Why do we kick it so- three yard, to the three-yard line? I hate it. The good news is this, fellas. Got some good news for you. We've got a transfer from Colorado. Cole Becker is his name. Last year, he had something like 53 touchbacks, right? Which I is an average of what? to my ears. Okay. Someone do math for me. Four or five a game. Yeah. Okay? Something like that. Keep in mind also that Colorado's offense sucked and rarely got in the end zone, and he had that many. So he was kicking him out. I'm hearing Let's he's, he's going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'm hearing our kicker problem there is solved with kickoffs and field goals. Okay, so that's cool. exciting, right? Harm return, we're still lacking the missing, the Britain Covey explosive plays. Um, last year, they had Valet, which was like just basically yeah. catch it and call fair catch, right? Not quite sure. Um, yeah. missing. Yeah. Even though if you look at his stats, they're kind of they're sneaky decent. Like they're better than you'd think on return yards. But Micah Pittman's going to be our return guy, and I hear he's going to be awesome. So you got him returning punts. You've got Money Parks returning kicks. You've got Cole Becker playing, uh, kicking it out of the end zone. Punter, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I, Witt says they're improved. It's the same guy as last year, which I think uh, was a bad he, – he wasn't that great. So that could be our weakness as punter. But you know what? If you're going to pick a team that has a weakness, yeah, give me the weakness as the punter. Like, I'll take that any day of the week. Except that, that those teams when we had Wisnowski and Phillips, and you could just guarantee to pin the team every time. Sure, but oh, guess yeah. what else we didn't have when the other guys? We didn't have an offense. <laughs> we didn't have an offense. Yeah. That's true. You know? Okay, I'll, I'll take an offense before I'll take a punt. That, that's fair. Yeah. Um, what yeah, about? Well, I guess. What about the critical down by down by uh, or in a tie game, and we're kicking an extra point to win the game? Can we do it? Oh, extra point, yes. Okay, not extra point. T- down by two. Okay, that's where I say pucker up a little bit. Because <laughs> down by two on the 36. Everybody, no matter how good you are, they, you know, when the game's on the line, you're, you, you're not quite as good as you usually are, right? <laughs> I just hope it never comes to that. And we win never comes that. down by two on the 36. Hopefully it happens. So here's the thing. We've, we've gone over every position unit. I think we've got a great offense. We've got a great defense. We're going to have a good special teams. And I brought it up earlier where we really – excel is the coaching staff 
We've got one of the top 10 co- head coaches in America. We've got one of the top 10 offensive coordinators in America and probably one of the top 15 defensive coordinators in America. All three super important positions. We've got great dudes there, and it's continuity. Witt's been here 19 years. Scally's been here ever since he was out of college at one capacity or another. Ludwig's been around forever. We've got an awesome coaching staff. We've got an awesome offense, awesome defense. Let's go get healthy, and let's make a run at the playoff. Go Utes! Go Utes! Sure. Let's All do right, it. fellas, tomorrow is the game. Let's go Utes! Let's kick uh, let's it off. Go. Let's beat them Gators, and let's bring home the victory, Utes. Thank you for joining us on our preview show the day before the game. I was with Pete and Brennan. I am Salt Lake Jake, and I am out. Jake in Salt Lake City. Hey, Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake.